2: Like when you're singing Born to Run, are you Ben Barton belting out those lyrics or do you picture in your mind Bruce Springsteen belting out those lyrics?
1: Oh, I really love that question, Timmy. Um, I am drawn to um, lyrics and music and it's actually the combination of them that express a known emotional state for me. And I'm really open-minded to the known emotional state all the way from just like crushing heartbreak where I'm weeping to headbanging, aggression, um, all all the entire spectrum of my emotions am I open-minded to. The Nora Jones thing is a perfect example. Like there are things that do not hit any of my emotional notes. And I'm like, well, that is not for me. (laughs) (laughs) I really hate that because I've got a wide emotional spectrum.
2: Yeah, because I think like when I sing Mandy, I'm not thinking of Barry Mandelow. Like, I'm thinking of Tim Plain and this girl, Mandy. (laughs) 50 years of music with 50-year-old white guys. Let's go. Fellas, how are you on this uh, fine
0: Sunday evening? Welcome to 2002. Oh, I'm so glad it's 2002 because I've yeah. been away all weekend and uh, I couldn't remember what year we were on. <laughs> oh, good. 2007. Let's go. Who's ready?
2: Uh, Jeff, where were you all weekend long?
0: I was up in beautiful Lake McClure in the outskirts of Merced, California, where I um, was accompanying my son in a mountain biking race. So. Oh, cool. Yeah. But uh, no, no coverage, no cell phone, no nothing. So, just, just mountain bikes. Mountain bikes, indeed. Did your son enjoy himself? Uh, yeah, yeah, I had a awesome. good time. It's a far. cool, cool track, no doubt about it.
1: Cool. Ben Barton, how is Knoxville tonight? Beautiful night tonight. Very rainy this weekend, though. Sad to report. Sad sad. to report. Yeah, we have some flood warnings and the whole nine yards. So So
2: I haven't yet. It's not uh, the end of March yet. So I I really don't get into NCAA basketball until then. Um, How are the Tennessee volunteers this year? Oh,
1: thank you for asking, Timmy. Is that a good lead? 15-0 at home. Stop. Whoa, and I'm a really? proud season ticket holder, including not one, not two, but three different victories over top six teams. Wow. We yeah. beat Arizona. We beat Kentucky. And on Saturday, I was there for the great pleasure of beating Auburn. Although oh, I, even, I don't nice. hate Auburn as much as I hate Kentucky at all. Okay. Um, but, but isn't, dude, Pearl, Auburn isn't team,
0: Pearl's um, uh, pearls at auburn right so oh he, yeah his pearls gotta
1: feel pretty good yeah yeah for sure um okay. although i still have a huge soft spot for that guy he did a great <laughs> job here um except for except for the blatant cheating he did a great job <laughs> here. yeah
0: yeah
1: <laughs> um dude, and like we'll give you a preview of the the uh the NCAA that Auburn team is for real oh yeah and that whatever the name of the kid is he's going to be the first pick in the draft like yeah. I've, I've seen a lot of great players trot through here I've had season tickets since the early 2000s this kid I mean he was like on the Anthony Davis list like just I was like oh wow whoa. He's doing lots of stuff like, yeah. every time anybody else did something on the floor I was like well that was awesome like, just don't, like, you, little guard. Yeah, you keep shooting. That's going to work out great for That's us. Adorable. <laughs> You're adorable. Well, welcome to
2: uh, 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys on the Electrocast
0: podcast network. Uh, Electrocast, by the way, our, our new cast. friends are super yes. cool. Oh yeah, they're great. A lovely week of communication with the Electrocast uh, fellows. Yeah, so hopefully they're great. listening.
2: Yeah, they're 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 as excited as we are. So this is gonna be, this is gonna be fun when we get going. Uh, but I got to pivot to Ukraine because it, it's it's been such a, a a weird week watching all of this unfold. Um, and you're not gonna believe this, but I'll be able to pull it back to us. Uh, as Americans how <laughs> does it ahead. connect hustle to hustle me? to me we in the last week have had two downloads from ukraine it's like ah oh, you guys do not have time to listen wow. to our shit um but thank you and uh we welcome more listeners in ukraine and we are just pulling for you all as a uh, as as russia bears down uh it's so heartbreaking to see
0: did you read thomas friedman's uh thing in the times yesterday by any chance
2: thomas friedman and come on jeff bring it what do you i just
0: thought it was a if gentle readers if you haven't read thomas friedman's saturday february 26th uh column in the times i thought it was uh I thought it was pretty wide ranging and fascinating and suggested that this is a very bad move on Russia's part. Um, so. yeah
2: yeah, for, for
0: myriad reasons, beyond the humanitarian nightmare and all of the all of the obvious ones. It's pretty good, I recommend it.
2: Well one of the bad reasons is about to be spelled out by Gogol Bordello. and I forgot to tell you about this one, Jeff. Could you call up coming rougher? By Gogo Bordello, and you're gonna start at the 42 second mark, and we're gonna go all the way to minute 28. And Eugene, who's from uh, what, like 20 miles south of Kiev, is is gonna tell you what's what.
1: In corridors full of tear gas, our destinies jammed every day, like deleted scenes from Kafka. Flash down the bureaucratic train, but if you give me the
2: invitation to hear the bells of freedom, Chime to hell with your double
1: standard. We're coming rougher every time. We're coming rougher. We're coming rougher.
2: So all right, have you guys been caught up in watching this stuff?
0: I was um out of cell away. phone service for like 16 hours. So uh, I just I just came into the news that uh it's a little bit harder on the Russian army than they anticipated and that uh there seems to be uh there seems to be potential talks or or some kind of uh a meeting at the border. Meeting at the border, yeah. But no, I'm no expert and I'm very deliberately trying to say as little as possible because I have I already have many friends who on social media have shared way more than their geopolitical education should uh, (laughs) allow them to. And I do not want to be guilty of a certain mistake. (laughs)
2: I've got a master's in Twitter. Uh, All right. Let's go to the Grammy winning album of 2002. And, And I've got a very complex question regarding this singer-songwriter after she is done. It's the Grammy winner.
0: Come Away With Me by Nora Jones.
1: You buy the house of fun. I don't know why I didn't come.
0: I don't know why I didn't come when I saw the break. Of day.
2: So, Jeff, you've been kind of on a rant in the last decade or so about how America. And has been buying the the Buena Vista Social Club. Um, oh, yeah, okay. And then I forget what it was last year that everyone was buying. Uh, and then everyone is buying this, this Nora Jones album. Why weren't they buying the Gillian Welch album? Why is it that the Nora Jones album far outpaced Jillian Welch?
0: Oh, I'll punt that over to Ben. I'm sure he's got a killer answer for that, actually.
1: And Nora Jones is just music it to listen to a Starbucks. I mean, it's like wallpaper. It's super, super extra vanilla rung out um, <laughs> music. She's, I mean, she's got an OK voice. I'm, I was going to say she's got a good voice, but I wanted me to go there. She's got a fine voice. Um, songs are boring. The arrangements are terrible. <laughs> it's like <laughs> listening to paint dry. I despise that.
0: <laughs> I thought Ben might have a good take okay. on Nora Jones. I was right. You were right. I'm not as anti I'm not as anti but I don't own this record. I have never listened to it all the way through. Um and uh, I I I mean I'm like Ben just like beyond bewildered that it sold 17 million copies and counting.
2: Are you both are you both indicating that you want music to challenge you? Cuz it's No, hard it to doesn't have to
0: challenge, but I wanted to You know what? I mean Ben said it right. I wanted it to ask for my attention. This does not ask for your attention at all. Okay. It's like a Christmas album. It's like perfect for that. It's like a perfect. I assume Nora Jones has recorded a Christmas album. Yes.
2: Uh, I would have. I'm to guessing look without that looking. That I would it, have to look it up. Have.
0: But it has that same kind you of like
2: bet, you would bet money on it if you know. Yeah, it's music
0: to. to put on in the background while you talk over it. That's very pleasant and expertly played, and uh, well, and you know, you know, but it doesn't, it doesn't ask anything of me so whereas gogo bordello does that you pay that, attention I we come and rough to that <laughs> <laughs> i mean do you disagree tim do you like that record do you No, i don't a, oh, I, okay.
2: no, I don't but i sat there i'm like why don't i like this when i do like jillian welch and like have you guys corrupted me in some weird way
1: See, um, they're not the same genre though i mean there are there are good like yeah. there are good female jazz singers who sing along with piano this is just not one of them by the way jeff <laughs> i dream of christmas Nora jones 2021 she held out for a long time <laughs> she really did it wow held for a long time
0: it's a pandemic christmas album a you
1: 2021 know- blue note came knocking and she was and they just brought a bag of cash and she was <laughs> like pat is that is that as much? Ca- that's that much cash. Let's do and this. I will Good do for it.
0: her. Yeah. I have no. I mean, if I'm Nora Jones, yes, of course. That's, I'll make that's a Christmas the thing. record. I mean, yeah.
1: Like she was holding up for artistic integrity's sake. I don't know why she didn't have a Hanukkah record. And by I now. mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how much fun did she have? too? she called all her friends? Like
0: you're not going to believe what Blue Note just dumped in my backyard. Let's go make a Christmas <laughs> record. I'm sure they had a great time.
1: Yeah. You know? Oh my God, um, it's got half originals too. Oh, really? Yes. The first song is Christmas Calling, parentheses, Jolly Jones by Nora Jones. Okay. Three minutes (laughs) and 20
2: seconds. We are not going to play a clip. We're going to move
1: on with the year 2002. She's got the white Christmas, blue Christmas back-to-back, which really (laughs) makes me happy. That's a really (laughs) tough move by her. I like that. Is it um, a medley? It really should No, be no, that, no! Like... They're separate, they're and separate. it should go
0: right into your mean one, Mr. Grinch, so she can get green Christmas in there too, and that would be that would be oh, awesome.
1: She, she's got Run Rudolph Run, which is actually one of my favorite Christmas songs. Oh, sure a, do this Does right. she
0: have Father Christmas by the Kinks? Because that that's my no,
1: favorite. No, Good. no, no luck there. All right, uh, are we ready? I'm gonna keep coming <laughs> back to this. This is a running theme now. But <laughs> <laughs> well, we we don't need to play it. It's uh. It's late
2: February. We don't need a Christmas album right now. In 2002, President Bush delivered his State of the Union address where he first mentions the axis of evil. Can you name the three countries that he was referencing with this axis of evil talk?
1: Yes. Go.
0: Russia. No. Jeff? in 2002 yes russia wasn't one of them russia was not one of them Excellent. i guess they were pretty good then <laughs>
1: <laughs> i can name some other ones
2: Come putin on, had just begun so
1: i'm gonna let Ben have this one i'm doing the ben silent uh iraq and iran those are two Excellent. yeah that's what i thought okay and then there's one in asia right isn't there a bad country that's right <laughs> originally he had libya
0: yeah,
2: but he was told you can't go three Middle Eastern countries. So they threw in
0: Irkutsk. Oh, North Korea? North Korea. Very nice. Yeah. Yes, North Korea. I was just thinking of one, the, yeah. the risk map, you know, like I, I was trying to get <laughs> an Asian country.
2: <laughs> um, all right. Kenneth Lay resigns as CEO of Enron. Um, it was for hiding debt and misrepresenting earnings.
1: Either of you follow that back in I the I follow day? that super carefully. I love the Enron story. Dude, Dude. Uh, little known fact, one, a very well-known fact, Enron crushed <laughs> and destroyed Arthur Anderson. Yep. Like one of okay. the five biggest, uh, one of those companies in the world and then existed yes. for more than 100 years. Guess how many lawyers were disbarred who worked on this?
0: Oh, I don't know the answer to that. None. Yeah, it was going to be my guess. Lawyers dropped the bag
1: and walked away. Unbelievable. They were like, that was weird. Wait, wow. What happened? What happens? Basically, in order to create a whole bunch of shell companies, what they did is they created all these shell companies. And they took all these risky bets. And then when they lost, they were like, that was weird. Shell company lost. And they would just move all their losses off the books to these weird extra creations which by the way, cannot be created without lawyers. I mean, I guess you could theoretically have a, a monkey do it or something, but I mean, right. a, a lawyer is creating all of these. <laughs> yeah. And surely to God, the lawyers at some point were like, hey, I don't know if you noticed, but this is the 232nd shell company we <laughs> created with a different name. And it I wonder been. why we're doing that. And yet they just got off scot-free.
2: Maybe they went to different lawyers every time. You never know. Sure. Do you think... Um... Corporate America learned any hard lessons from the Enron story?
0: Thankfully, yes. There hasn't been any really corporate malfeasance to speak of since, right? It's one of the things I like about going back in the podcast is we see these moments where history taught a valuable lesson, we all <laughs> learned it, and it didn't repeat. It's actually <laughs> been one of the feel-good stories of the podcast for me. Is that uh...
1: They haven't actually, I mean, as far as I know, the scandals have not been exactly like this scandal. So that's good. The problem not that exactly. you have here is... It's like a squirrel trying to get a nut. Like they're just they're, barbarians to the gate all the time. Um Should we ask Jeff, Jeff, how, how many hours did you drive?
0: I drove a lot of hours. <laughs>
2: Cause that was some really um cutting sarcasm that you didn't let up on. Like you didn't let us off the highway. stayed in character.
0: I'm, I'm sorry I'm, for those of you listening at home or in your car or on the subway i i got home with like back. 45 seconds to spare um but he's here for the podcast. but i'm here and i took a covid test when this started and i don't have covid
2: so yay very nice live
0: covid results it is safe to listen to this podcast
2: all right um eh, i was gonna talk about speaking of safe but tough Tough transition. Uh, 2002 was also the year that uh, Cardinal Bernard Law resigned Woo. as Cardinal of Archbishop of Boston. Um, the result of the widening church scandal, especially from my hometown. Uh, several pictures of me and the Cardinal from my youth.
0: Is that right? How did yeah. you get How did you get close to Cardinal Law besides well, being we, a we young it, like, cutie?
1: <laughs> Not okay, Jeff. That was uncalled for, and I'm gonna I'm gonna make you apologize on Timmy's behalf.
0: I'm not, I'm not apologizing. Why do I owe Tim an apology? How oh, long was this drive
2: again? Jolly, <laughs> we, oh, we would go to the Easter services where Cardinal Law was uh was running them, and um yeah, also my my confirmation things like that.
0: Wow. So he. Yeah. Has- he was out and about in the community to the extent that like your random confirmation, he was there or were yeah. you, were you a special? No, he wasn't a confirmation man.
2: Cause that was back in the eighties. Um, yeah. I remember we had a, we had a picture of him on our wall uh, with my little sister in her Easter dress. Like we had that picture there right up until about 2000. Can I tell my
0: story <laughs> about my interaction with the Archbishop of San Francisco? Oh, I think
2: you, called them out did you not
0: did i had did i tell this in the last season so here's my catholic church moment um when uh my first wife wanted to get remarried um she wanted to get married in the catholic church um because her her now husband wanted to get married in a catholic church but she could only do it if she got dispensation and it required an interview with me where i agreed that religious differences was the reason for the dissolution of our marriage and nothing else or else she couldn't get married in a catholic church wow So she called me look the archbishop of san francisco is going to call you could you just say and i was like i'm happy to say anything you need so the guy calls me i didn't think they would call Uh uh-huh he called me he's like now you're um you are divorced you know from so and so um and uh she claims that a difference of opinion in the Catholic Church is the reason for the dissolution of her, of your marriage. And I said, "Well, is that right?" And he throws this softball up on the phone, <laughs> which is, "So, what is your general opinion of the Catholic Church?"
1: <laughs> oh no!
0: And I I take a breath, and I'm like, "Like, life offers you two or three of these, and I'm swinging." And I said, "Well, you know, as far as I can tell." It's a thousand to two thousand year old international ring of pedophiles. Pause. Pause. <laughs> All right, got what I need. Have a good day. I'm like you too, <laughs> sir. I hung up. <laughs> Needless to say, dispensation was granted. So
1: <laughs> that is amazing. He really did help you out. I can't wow. believe it's like it was like, dude. Because right if he that. had asked you why did you honestly get divorced, you would have had to lie. But, I mean, when he asked you what's your opinion of the Catholic Church, <laughs> you were like, well, thank thank you for asking, good <laughs> sir.
0: I cannot tell a lie, but I can insult your religion. Into the oh, mind.
1: man. That's anyway.
2: right. All right. Well, let's, uh, <coughs> on that note, head to a break to talk about Denzel Washington winning – the best actor award in 2002
0: oh i have opinions on this which
2: uh which movie was it
0: he won for training training that is correct
2: he didn't win for
0: malcolm x for example he did not where he became malcolm x he was more malcolm x in that movie than malcolm x himself (laughs) is in the footage of malcolm x and he did not win for that yeah Um, Uh, it it irritates me to no end that they waited until he played a uh evil African American copy uses the N-word over and over and over again to give him the Oscar. Yeah. In a movie where he had to work against Ethan Hawke for two hours. Isn't Ethan Hawke the white the good oh, white totally, dude? yeah. Yeah.
1: I didn't think yeah. Ethan Hawke was bad.
0: No, he wasn't bad, but good lord. I mean, I just like it was such a like I anyway, I just I it, it that one irritated me. And if I were Denzel, I would have been like, don't Did- even like just keep that one and give it to me when uh Did- I, I, you know, for the next movie. that <laughs> I don't I do. think he's going to do that.
2: Did he win yeah. for uh glory for best supporting actor or was he just nominated? Cause he was I, great in glory. I don't know. I don't think he won. I don't no. think, he,
0: I thought it was his first Oscar. That's what yeah, I remember. You know, that's why right. it pissed me I, off so much, but okay. Uh
1: well, What's your point.
0: opinion of that movie? Have you seen it? Uh Have you seen okay. it recently? I've
1: seen it recently and I still like it. It's yeah. not, a, I, I agree. Like, I'm looking ahead. I'm looking at the movie list right here, and that's a tough get for him. That that was. I mean, I actually preferred the performance in Remember the Titans from the year before. Yeah, he's <laughs> great in that. Actually,
0: I agree. <laughs> like if you
1: were going to give it to a really popular movie where he kicks ass, why not just give it to him for Remember the Titans? Like wow. the year favorite. before that, Hurricane. The Hurricane movie's great. Oh, he's, he's good in that. that. Yeah, he got game. He was terrific. I mean, supporting actor there um you have a little blue dress little oh he's great water. that is uh, super un, under I actually teach that film that's an underrated yeah. movie Oh, well, dude Hines. you know what's on here is uh philadelphia 1993 which oh, is yeah. aged really weirdly that yeah movie is right really oh is yeah. it oh i gotta check it out huh i haven't seen that since but yeah 90 i mean like that that stretch philadelphia pelican brief much ado about nothing malcolm x mississippi masala all in a row for 91 to 93 this is pretty sweet yeah right there. not bad yeah. Um,
2: All right, well, let's get to the number one selling album from 2002. Go ahead and pick your poison with this one, Jeff
0: Simons. That's a tough one. This is Ben. Ben, see, this is one of those moments where Ben should really be in charge of the the choice. Uh, I'll just go with the one that I think everybody knows here. Hold on. It's the number one album The Eminem Show by Eminem.
2: All be trice, real name, no gimmicks Two trailer park girls go round the outside, round the outside, round the outside Two trailer park girls. Jadie, this is what i you. A little bit of some some my heart. What was the name of the album?
0: Uh, The Eminem Show. Oh. Well. well you just said that. M&M the same way that um, <laughs> the guy in Parks and Rec says, Bobby Knight, when he <laughs> <laughs> points at the <laughs> picture on the wall. <laughs> uh, oh, what do you guys think
2: of him, uh, his little Super Bowl performance? Oh yeah,
0: did we talk about that yet? I, I don't think we did. Plans.
1: We're at, we're behind in the times here. There's I was psyched by on. that, and I thought he did a good job in the Super Bowl. Yeah, me too. Um, this these records are okay. One thing that I really like that's sorely, bitterly lacking in late period Eminem is a sense of humor. Like yeah. he really made fun of himself and mocked himself, which is a really, really, really good idea if you're going to be a white rapper um the dre production sounds great the record sound sound great it
0: sounds great right now i couldn't believe how good it sounded just yeah, in the 45 for sure. seconds
1: um and he's he's a pretty good rapper um but that being said he's not he was never close to my favorite for sure yeah um, but that being said you know white rappers do get great on a lower curve for me so
2: yeah never liked him yeah yeah Two, the, the whole spitting in the french fry thing
0: Spitting in the French fry thing. Yeah, it was in his first video. Oh, you mean he did something in a video that offended you? Yeah. Never okay. recovered. <laughs>
2: I don't want to spin in my french fries. <laughs> All right. <laughs> 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 We it's did not sell bad. that for you at all, it's Timmy. I'm
1: really we, sorry. We just sorry. murdered that. I know that. right, you tried really hard. You had the, the whole reference and everything and we just gave you nothing. Yeah, I just, That should sorry. have
0: been where the break was. It's too bad we already took the break. Uh, that <laughs> would <been> great <laughs> awkward silence into a commercial.
2: <laughs> hey, let's do this. Let's get to Deaths in 2002. Oh. The Ben Barton comeback story. Baseball. Korean War.
0: Four oh six. Did Ted Williams
2: die? Ted Williams dies in two thousand two. How is when cryogen-
1: were we gonna get to him freezing How is his cryogenic head?
0: Cryogenic head, not the first clue. <laughs> Korean War, false advertising. <laughs> Warning may contain a cryogenic head.
2: All right. Historian, <laughs> author, big books, D-Day, Band of Brothers. Ah oh uh some
0: some uh, plagiarism. Oh Doris Kearns Goodwin. I thought no. she was still alive. How dare <laughs>
1: you? <laughs> Stephen Ambrose? The, it's Stephen it Ambrose? Ambrose.
0: Oh ben Steven Bar-J J. Ambrose, oh. I think. Oh, sorry. <laughs> And
2: uh finally, this one's hard. I don't know if you're gonna get this.
0: Ben's already won, so
2: Mafia, Gambino crime family,
0: Teflon Dawn. I only I don't know any mafia people besides know, John Gotti.
2: Bosses? Oh, John Gotti is the correct answer. Oh, oh, wasn't
0: that impressive. hard? Impressive,
2: impressive, well done. I don't know any except John Gotti um all right gentlemen let's get to our three albums
0: our three albums I, ben are you up first or second what do you want i know you've I got go first that's fine you got you got big plans for tonight i know
1: oh, oh it's a little strong to say i have big plans yeah um we are finally going to get around to discussing our guy ryan adams all right, so let me start with the bad. There's okay. very, very, very persuasive evidence that he's a sexual harasser. And when when I look at these things, I'm always a lot harder. The closer a person is to me in age, race, and gender, I'm a lot harder on them. Um, so I'll just oh. be frank, like it's a really bad series of stories um, okay. because basically what he was doing is he was getting female artists and like coming on as a mentor and then tr- like then trying to have sex with them and often forcing them like i mean it's a little strong it's not 100 clear that they're rape allegations but there's really 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 strong pressure tactic allegations for sure um and one of the artists is phoebe bridgers and that's really what got him is that like basically one of these artists got really famous and then they, like she had the power to say what she felt like about ryan Adams. okay Um, The tremendous, excellent song, Emotional Motion Sickness by Phoebe Bridges is about their relationship and and how he made her feel and um, what a bad guy he is. Uh, So that's that's first. Second thing I'll note is one of the great feminist sort of insights into sexual harassment is that it's not about sex. It's misnamed. It's about power and it's about humiliation. And this is such a perfect example of this. This fucking guy. Is married to Mandy Moore at the time that he's engaging in the bulk of uh. his behavior. And he's it's like, and also, I mean, if he just wanted to cheat on his wife, he's got a million options. Like this behavior where he's preying on people and then trying to make them do what they don't want to do is just a thousand percent a power trip. I mean, there's the the sex is an adjunct to it, but it's about power, not sex, and it makes it extra super mega gross. Third thing that I will note is notorious prick this guy, just a well known (laughs) prick, regardless of being a sexual harasser. He's just been a jerk. And there's this whole thing. He had this like, uh, tortured artist persona, um, which I'm sad to report I bought into Um, just note to self here in my 52nd year on God's green earth. Not everyone who's a notorious prick is a tortured artist. Some of them are just pricks. (laughs) And this guy (laughs) may, in fact, be that. I saw him, it's either, I saw him in the winter of 96, 97 before his first major label album came out. So it's the Faithless Street Tour. And I saw him in a really small club in New York. Oh, and I I should have started by saying, well, I'll get to this in a second. I I love him. I've always loved his work. Like his work is, I, I really, really like. Anyhow. And this genre, like, this is the peak of my loving of all country. I was so into all country. Anyhow, the Faith of Street, like, there was a lot of buzz. I was like a subscriber to No Depression magazine. They were like, you got to check out Whiskey Town. So, India and I, and her buddy and her buddy's boyfriend, went to this club. And they come out, Whiskey Town comes out, play five songs, including some of the songs from Stranger's Almanac. Then, Ryan Adams spots some dudes in suits at the back who are apparently from the label. And he freaks out. He's like, what are the label people here doing here? The suits, I won't play in front of the suits. I'm never going to sell out. He's like yelling storms off stage. It turns out Lyle Lovett is there to see him also. (coughs) And literally someone at the band's like, Lyle, Lyle Lovett, can you come talk to Ryan and make him come back out? And they actually got Lyle Lovett out of the audience, dragged him into the back, and then Ryan Adams came out and was like, Lyle, talk to me, and now I'm going to play the rest of the show. So at the time, I was like, "Ah, this is a a real art." Whoa, that was a lot. Now looking back at it now, I'm like, what a dick this guy is. Are you kidding me? Like, first of all, it's one thing, he, he writes the songs, and I mean, the other people of the band really want to get signed. You know what I mean? Like if you're in the band whiskey town and you're from North Carolina, you're not super happy to have Ryan Adams be shitting all over the suits and me. Yeah. In. Right. And dude, I must, I don't know. I've seen him under 10 times, but definitely, I mean, I, like I, I can think of four different really memorable shows. That was one dude. Half of the really memorable shows include him freaking out and melting down. I saw a, like a horrible, super embarrassing show with the Cardinals backing him up. And the Cardinals are a great backing band, not a good backing band. They're a great backing band. He stopped in the middle of a song and was like, it's too fast. It's too fast. He's like calling out the drummer, super, extra, mega unprofessional. Huh. And he, and again, at the time I was like, well, but you know, he's on heroin. <laughs> <laughs> Surely that explained it. Or, but dude, that's, that's not an explanation or an excuse. That's another sign you might be a dickhead. It's that like you're just like oh, out there, you know, humiliating man. your backing band. Um, I wasn't at the show, but there's a really famous show in Nashville where somebody calls out for summer of 69 because of Ryan Adams or Brian Adams yep. and he loses his mind and rem- gets the guy kicked out of the show and stops the show for 20 minutes. Uh,
0: and that happens every
1: night for the next three weeks. Oh, right. Dude, I, mean, of like, course. I mean, he's just begging for it. Just yeah. begging for it. Uh, no sense of humor at all. I tell you all of this, I get the bad news out of the way. Um, how do you deal with the art versus artist thing? Um, similar to how I treat these allegations on a sliding scale. I treat this on a sliding scale and I'll just be frank. Like the more I like the artists, the more likely I am to continue to listen to them. And this is just one of those guys that's on that list. Like I just really, really, really like his songs. I sat down and did a top 10 Ryan Adams songs off the top of my head. And I Uh came to 15 and I was like, I'm going to stop writing now. Oh, I right wow. just really, really, really wow. like his material. In 2002, the record Demolition is released by his label. So my recollection of this, and I actually had never done any research on it, my recollection on it was called Demolition, because it's a bunch of demos that were released. Turns out that's not accurate. Uh-oh. What happens is right Adams puts out gold in 2001. And this he considered this to be a compromise record with the label, but he's fighting with everybody all around it, so he's always fighting with the label. Right? Gold comes out in 2001, and, and gold is, is a really good record, also, along with Demolition. Um, and it includes New York, New York. Uh, and he's got a video filmed a week before 9 11 that's in front of the World Trade Center, and so. That song gets to be a pretty big hit that records his best selling record, including any of the whiskey town records. It's a crossover record very stops being kind of a squirrely all country act and starts being like a more mainstream rock act. Goes back in the studio in 2001, 2002 records, Jeff, how many songs do you think Ryan Adams recorded in the year before demolition came out?
0: Uh, I'm going to guess, um, close to a hundred.
1: Eighty, I guess. Yeah. Wow. Eighty songs. Just that's nonstop. Insane. Turns in four different albums, each one rejected by the label. Wow. Including two different versions of the Suicide Handbook. I think that's what it was called. That's like basically about how depressed he is and how he can't wait to kill himself. Weirdly, the label was like, "These songs are too sad, Ryan." Oh God. <laughs> Go back in the studio, record something else. Um. When the label gets to the point where they do what they did at demolition, they just took the 12 songs they liked, put them together in an album and put them out in Ryan M's name without his permission. And that is the, that is the extra fuck you when they do that. You know what I mean? Like that's that's the, we're just tired of talking to you about it. And you want to sign with another label, go, go, go. Not, like we never want to see your sorry ass again we're taking the 12 songs that we like and we're going to put them out and we're going to put them out in the order that we want and you just there's nothing you can do you work for us we got the, you put the recordings in the can by the way you recorded 80 songs you know how many that we paid for 80 that's why we're going to put out the best 12 wow. that's what that's what demolition is so on the one hand it actually it's it's a really weird disjointed record it's like badly, um, it's not in the right order. The songs are all weird. Oh, so it's, well said, sir. It's not Worst? a unified it's not a unified artistic statement. It sounds like he recorded four different albums and they just cherry-picked them and jammed them all together. Um, that being said, first, it's really, really, really reflective of him as an artist. I don't think he has a great album. He does not have a single record that's wall-to-wall bangers. The first Major label Whiskey Town Record, in my opinion, is the closest. I basically like every song on that, but even gold. I'm like, there's like five songs on gold where I'm like, like, what are we doing here? This sounds a lot like the other ones. Um, and this is an artist that I love, but I'll just be frank about it. Like, he records too many songs, he thinks that he's Prince and he's extra mega not Prince. And he's spoiled. He's super spoiled. He thinks that he knows better than everybody else. And he and like the description of his songwriting process, I mean like 80 songs in a freaking year is ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's like, Oh, I'm just addicted to writing songs. So I just, I just write them. I'm like, you know what you might want to do is record like write 10 of them and just keep working on them. until they're all good. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and also what you might want to do is be the type of person who can hear other people who are like, dude, stop. Like, you don't right. even write anymore. We've already got some good songs. Just stop writing more songs and work on the songs that we have super extra mega annoying and that's been true for him i mean like his his wikipedia page and his discography is just littered with this kind of crap where he's like four albums announced for this year one comes out and then he'll drop random albums eps everything else and some of them are really 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 extra goofy and bad i think it's orion jeff
0: oh i love orion the heavy metal prog rock um, space opera. Space opera where all the songs are like
1: a minute and a half long. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So, that be- so, th- one of the reasons why this, this record is great is that the, the record company was tired of fucking around with them and just picked picked a bunch of songs that they liked. Um, one of the reasons why it's, a, it's disjointed and a little bit weird, all of that being said, it's terrific. It is terrific. I listened through it on loop this whole week just to make sure that I could pick it because I was like, I remember, I mean, there's a couple of dogs on it. But it's not, I mean, the the Whiskey Town, the, the Stranger's Almanac, that's the record that I would recommend first. This would be my second favorite. I really, really, really like this record. Jeff, I'm not even, just start at the beginning of Nuclear. First notes of the record. This song is so great.
0: Demolition by Ryan Adams.
1: It starts out with that really cool-sounding slide guitar, and that's lap steel, right? And you can hear the direction of alt country that he's bringing it to, like the da. Dar-na, like right? that part is like almost like a replacement song. But the middle part yes. with the finger picking and the, and the and the harmony to it is super alt countryy. Um, and his voice, he's got a beautiful, beautiful round singing voice. Um, on the songs where he gets it right, he's got this kind of elliptical storytelling style where he places you into a position. This is how the summer ends. And it, it goes nuclear, right? Like he's in this relationship but it comes to an end and it just everything blows up. It's just really, really, really perfect, beautiful, um, beautiful songwriting.
2: So so the, we need not make a distinction between a tortured artist and, and a dick with him. Like he he is both. Like he's legitimately depressed
1: and legitimately troubled. Oh yeah, for sure he's like he's on and off drugs and um, and it sounds like he had a tough tough upbringing. That being said, there's only so many excuses that you can make for this sort of person, and like I'm out on that portion of the entertainment. So, so Jeff, I'll let you
2: go in a second and talk about your view of Ryan Adams. Ben, I have a personal question for you. Yeah. When you're listening to a song or singing along with a song. <laughs> this is way too, way too uh, personal. Do you become the singer and the one uh, singing those lyrics and thinking about those lyrics? Or do you imagine the singer singing that? Like when you're singing Born to Run, are you Ben Barton belting out those lyrics or do you picture in your mind, Bruce Springsteen belting out those lyrics?
1: Oh, I really love that question, Timmy. I am drawn to um, lyrics and music, and it's actually the combination of them that express a known emotional state for me. And I'm really open-minded to the known emotional state all the way from just like crushing heartbreak where I'm weeping to headbanging aggression um, all, all the entire spectrum of my emotions, am I open minded to the Nora Jones thing? Is a perfect example. Like there are things that do not hit any of my emotional notes, and I'm like, well, that is not for me. <laughs> <laughs> I really hate that because I've got a wide emotional spectrum. Yeah, man. So it's almost neither. I'm like, I'm in, I'm interested in the emotional state and the feelings that it evokes. Okay. If it doesn't echo with me, then I'm out on it. But if it echoes with me, I, I'm. Cl- it's clearly not me. Like I'm not the guy in Born to Run, and I'm definitely, I'm definitely not Ryan Adams. Um, but that being said, like the song is hitting this emotional thing, and it and it, and that's the sweet spot for me. That's yeah. what I'm looking for. So, but I'm also not like I wonder what Ryan Adams is like while I'm listening to a Ryan Adams songs yeah. that I enjoy. You know what I yeah, mean? Like yeah. it's,
2: yeah, because I think like when I sing Mandy, I'm not thinking of Barry Mandela. Like I'm thinking of Tim Plain, and this girl Mandy.
0: <laughs>
2: all right, sorry. Do you have Simon's word? And then there's too. some heavy
1: padding. Is that where we're going First of
0: this? all, that you're right. That question was too personal. Um, <laughs> I'm with Ben. I don't, it's neither for me either. Like the sing this the song exists. A great song exists separate from the artist for me, even if I love the artist. And even if I go on to sing it. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like it's just a different thing. Um I agree with Ben that Strangers Almanac is the best Ryan Adams record Um, and it has a tortured life whiskey town got signed they've recorded the whole record and then they were part of the great major label first major label purge and it did not come out for three years and it ruined that band's career. And that great record was held in limbo while Ryan Adams went on and established himself as a solo re- artist. No, I
1: think it's pneumonia that did that. Pneumonia comes out in two thousand. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm
0: sorry. It's pneumonia. I thought I thought we were talking about pneumonia. I prefer pneumonia to stranger's Oy, almanac, Really? Actually. Yeah, I think pneumonia is fantastic. And I really like Stranger's Almanac, but I think pneumonia is even better. Pneumonia is a great record. Ryan Adams. What's the best was, uh, song on pneumonia? They're all really good, actually. Uh hold on. You get you pull up pneumonia, I'll talk about. Um, pneumonia has my uh, a song called jacksonville skyline and it says it says it has everything you need to know about ryan adams because the skyline he's describing is jacksonville north carolina which is where he's from but i love that i love that he wrote a song called jacksonville skyline and everyone's like oh a song about florida he's like not florida (laughs) like the the, the, the expectation that the two-lane town that he grew up in wouldn't need explication because we would already know that because ryan adams is a major artist how dare Um, us assume ben covered pretty much everything i i feel Uh, it's easier for me to let go of ryan adams than it is for ben because of the thing that he said which is he never put a great record together and that really bugs me like i really i really deeply admire artists that get at least one record right 90 percent of the way through i really it, it gives it gives them a pass for me to check out their next five or six. But Ryan Adams over and over and over again, I'm like, I like four or five songs. Okay. I would love one or two. I like three or four. Eh. And after an artist does that six, seven records in a row, I lose my momentum. I saw him twice. I saw Whiskey Town in 97 as well. Um, and it was weird. And they were edgy. It was at the bottom of the hill, which is a really only holds 200 people. And then I saw Ryan Adams on the gold tour with a big band um, couple, And you, actually a couple of guys um, from San Francisco were in that band, but um, they were at the Fillmore and it was a big rock and roll show. And then a hundred minutes in, he took like six shots and uh, kept the band on stage for another 40 minutes playing like covers and trying to do a Paul Westerberg thing, huh. like 30 seconds of this and that. And they just, they sucked. Like he went from being like a, just a great, slick rock and roll performer to a drunk asshole and i always i I think back to that night i'm like those are the two sides of the coin and he he's incapable of uh incapable of navigating i will also say and i won't use names here but um i have taught a couple of children of musicians and i had a um i had a kid come to my class for an 8 a.m class and he was shaken up he looked kind of upset i'm like are you all right he's like i've had a very weird morning Um, Ryan Adams is staying at my house because he's trying to sober up and um, I overslept my alarm and so I woke up and it was Ryan Adams shaking me like, dude, I think you have school. (laughs) (laughs) So that's my Ryan Adams.
2: That's a a way way to wake up. Um, All right. So big question is did we answer all of Nina's concerns when it comes to artists versus
1: art? And how I don't play? think we're going to be able to. And also, I'll note that it's not consistent. There's no consistent that's answer right. on this. If yeah, really I can't be consistent on it. It's not okay. I mean, like, like we we've I've I've championed and loved music by bad people, and that's that's tough.
0: And and there are some wonderful people who make music I can't stand
1: oh that's i mean that's the that's even
0: harder for me like like oh, when, when there's and... yeah, as a person i deeply admire and they do everything right and they they do they're a force for good in the world and i'm like oh i really don't like this
2: can't do it can't do
0: it <laughs> um i am also picking a singer songwriter this week uh very different from ryan adams though ryan adams uh struggles to collaborate even though the best parts of his records are usually performances by other people he's really good at taking full credit for them this guy is really good at collaboration and as such his records are all over the place um and probably everyone who likes this guy has a different record they like most but um this is my favorite beck record and it's called sea change and it's my it's my favorite record for uh, 2002 so beck Looks like he's going to be a one-hit wonder. He puts out the song Loser in 1994, which was everywhere for six months. But the record it comes from is really up and down and spotty. And in fact, I don't know if you remember, but Rolling Stone gave Mellow Gold two out of five stars and basically made fun of uh, back for three paragraphs and said, say goodbye to this loser forever. And he had made two kind of home demos. I mean, I just think it's so funny. Rolling Stone gives everybody five stars that they think might have a career and they just shat all over Beck. Um, And then he put out, um, he had already put out two kind of lo-fi cassettes of demos. Uh, Then he put out One Foot in the Grave, which was also a really weird lo-fi, hard to listen to. I saw him at the Bridge Benefit uh, that summer and he was just terrible. He like, his guitar was out of tune, his hand was shaking, he was nervous. He wasn't ready for the big stage. Uh, and then just, he makes yeah real quick what's lo-fi me oh it's deliberately poor sounding like records that are recorded with hiss like home on home equipment oh. so that it has like a difficult to listen to like it's supposed to sound like a like a demo tape like our podcast um, yes <laughs> we're kind of gritty we're kind of that's really that's really well said that's good uh then he makes old with the dust brothers which we've talked oh, about yeah. it's great And then the record after that is Mutations, which is a left turn, a lot of slower stuff, a lot of kind of um, like it had cold brains. It had uh, nobody's fault but my own. It was up and down. And then he went all funk and um, like Electric Slide with Midnight Vultures. It was like a funk disco record. So, you know, I, Beck was, was uh, spending an awful lot of time uh collaborating right like i'm going to make a record with these people it's going to sound like this and i'm going to make a record sea change is another great collaboration with nigel godrich who's the uh producer of the radiohead records in the 90s um ben can you name uh the two principal background musicians that appear on this record
1: no chance Zero they percent.
0: are they are the members of jellyfish
1: oh your guys very the jelly, nice. no the one jelly, love this record
0: the jellyfish guys are all over this record So, it, it's C. A divorce. yeah there's a breakup record um he he and his fiance broke up and then he found out that his fiance had been cheating on him and they've been together nine years and it's a breakup record so it, when it came out everybody called it beck's blood on the tracks record they they drew all these connections to dylan's 1975 record um and that's too lazy a comparison um, I love Blood on the Tracks, um, but it's a it's a different kind of divorce record than Sea Change is because Sea Change um, half of its grieving is in the sound of the record, right? Like Dylan's Blood on the Tracks is a stripped down, simple acoustic guitar, bass, and vocal, and the and the lyrics are everything. Sea Change is the sound of a guy who's got these very stripped down songs but is trying to, at the same time, continue to grow sonically. And I think he does a phenomenal job on this record pulling that off. He tries it again 12 years later with that record Morning Phase that came out in 2014. And I really didn't care for that record. I thought it was really boring by comparison to this one. But this record, I thought it was moving. I thought it was... uh, really honest. And I think it's just beautifully recorded and performed. Like there's just a basic acoustic track, acoustic guitar track through everything. And then there's all these like wonderful bass and drum sounds, sometimes digital, sometimes analog. The playing is so restrained in some places. And then other places he's got these guys who can shred and he lets them go after it. Um, There are obvious homages. There's a Nick Drake song here. Um, there's, uh, some other 70s singer songwriters. So it's not like he's reinventing the wheel, but I think there's enough pixie dust on sea change to make it different enough from other kind of acoustic records that I tend to not like. Um, and I'm going to play my favorite song, which is, I don't, I don't know which of these songs were hits. It wasn't a single, I think lost cause was the single, the first track golden age was pretty famous but i like i like the second track called paper tiger because you hear in that song i think everything this record does that's really cool like this is uh it's got um it's got these elliptical lyrics like uh just like a paper tiger torn apart by idle hands but check out the remarkable bass and drum performance and this sweeping strings that they put over the top it's just and especially if you're listening to the podcast on headphones, you're going to hear it sweep right to left and back um, and Beck's kind of heartbroken voices at the center. I just love this record. I listened to it. Um, I was in the car a lot this weekend. I don't know if we mentioned it and I listened to Sea Change a couple of times and I and I hadn't listened to it in years and I really enjoyed it. Like I it, I didn't find it uh, very dated and, and, uh, and I just yeah, it's great. So it's my favorite Beck record uh, and this is Paper Tiger. Sea change
1: by Beck. Just like a paper tiger, torn apart by idle
2: hands.
0: Through the helter skelter moment, fix yourself while you still. more ashes, the ashes. No
2: more cinders from the sky. And. All
1: I've never heard that song. Do you know that song, Ben? I do, yeah. Jeff was super into this record, and I listened to this record. Immediately. That's a cool song.
0: Yeah, it's super great. You know, it's so funny. Like, Beck starts as this uh, basement tapes. Everything's uh, one take and, and lo-fi. It turns out he's a – give that guy a great studio, and he knows what to do with it. Like, right. I just – I even Beck records I don't like, I admire – because they're just, they sound really compelling. And he goes on to make a couple of just wonderful records in the mid decade. Like I love Guero.
1: Guero is my favorite. For yeah. Sure.
0: I love that record. It's so fun. And the information that comes out right at like four months later, half of that is great too. But as an overall like start to finish, uh, just kind of artistic. It's just what I was saying a minute ago. Like I think he pulls the whole record off here and you know, it's really something he toured, this record with the flaming lips as his background band huh and you would think that would be great right back back by the flaming lips plays the sea change record the flaming lips i've heard multiple recordings from that tour and they just don't get it they just don't get the immediacy and the kind of uh the the uh needle thread of sonic experimentation and right in your face intimacy that beck is after on this record and uh it just doesn't. It just didn't work. So did he turn around and yell at the drummer? I don't think so.
2: That just... I think
0: Beck's a little more. Uh, every time I've seen Beck twice, and he's such a showman. And like Beck's Beck's whole thing is, are we not having the greatest time that's ever been had by human beings? And the answer is maybe. Like he's just great live.
1: Hey, give us ten seconds of K on
0: Okay, you want to talk first? Yeah. Uh... Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. So basically. Um, I do like this record, and I think Jeff's right. It's a it's a significant departure, and it's a super interesting record. That um, can get down, and that's the version I prefer, and that's why I prefer the next record, Guero. Here we go. <laughs> vegetable man in the vegetable van with the horn that's honking like a mariachi band okay. yeah that's pretty great. great too. <laughs> that record has black tambourine on it which might be yeah, totally but de neguero is my favorite um beck song that was on super fun kids mix the girls loved it yeah that's great. he's from um i think maybe east l.a but he's he's he grew up in the latino part of l.a and they called him guero, right? so that's where that song comes from oh, okay. guero means like blondie
2: basically yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: I, I, I was when you started listening off listing
2: off the names of his albums, I was like, oh God, he's been around for a while. like he's oh yeah, guy's been busy. How he's many a legacy
0: artists at this time? How many studio albums? At least a dozen, I think wow. That's amazing. Yeah, he's, and he's really kept out. you know, he has a bunch of records. He was doing this thing where he was inviting a, a bunch of friends in and picking a record they all love and they had one day to cover the whole thing and so there's a beck does the velvet underground and nico record there's beck okay. does skip spence's or with all the guys from wilco there's a beck covers in kick all the way through i mean wow, it's, is that true that must be yeah, fantastic yeah they're really great and they were i've up, heard
1: the uh yeah
0: they're all for free they were all up for free on his old web page i don't know what's happened to them they kind of i'm sure they're on youtube but uh i just love he's just kind of like he's just a guy who bleeds music you know i I admire that.
2: Well, I uh, I love it. Great, great job. I want to go with someone who's put out I think ten studio albums um, in her solo career. I'm going to go with Amy Mann, one of one right. of my favorite singer-songwriters and and fairly prolific in her own right. Starts uh, with Till Tuesday. Goes to Berklee College of Music in Boston, forms till Tuesday. Has a gigantic, gigantic hit in the 80s. And then her solo career has been uh, kind of hit or miss, but never, um, never big time, never really got over a hump. And uh, Almost,
0: though, almost. Like the first two Amy Man solo records almost cross yeah. over whatever, and i'm with i'm with stupid is my favorite amy mann record the second one she made yeah and then the third one comes
2: out or the third one doesn't come out right they they dump her after the second yeah and they didn't want to release it and you know one of these uh, again another artist and the record company squabble and um she said she couldn't get out of there fast enough They, they offered her the opportunity to buy her songs back and she said yep let's go and um there was a quote I was reading, Jeff, and I'd love for you to comment on this. Someone, because she, what she does is she creates her own independent label and starts putting out the records herself. And uh, one reporter wrote that Amy Mann could probably make more money for herself selling seventy thousand independently. Than three hundred thousand through her record company.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, seventy thousand is a big number, though. The question is, can you make more selling seven thousand or seven hundred thousand? And the answer actually might be yes. Like, you make about a dollar a record on a major label deal, and if okay. you're the whole thing, then you're probably making five dollars a see. It's probably five times as much, even after costs. Wow. But, but you have to be—you have to be big enough that you can sell that many records when nobody is helping. You buy all your own advertisement. You do all your own. I mean, there's a reason why all the records that people have heard of are not from someone—the trunk of someone's car. You well,
2: know? It, it's fascinating too. Like you—you you went through this last year. Like I'm going to make an album. I—I've got something to say, and and I'm not going to wait around. For someone to to bring a of oh, yes, I know I like Nora Jones and say, Will you make an album for us? You're like, No, I'm just gonna go ahead and do it.
0: It would be a long wait. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but that's <laughs> I was just thinking that that's scary when you've been with a label and it's um and it's incredibly brave to go ahead and do it. She's got a song about that called Today's the Day, off of her album Lost in Space. I, I like a lot of songs on this album. Uh, but we're going to play Today's the Day and start it, Jeff Simons, at 1.40, and I want us to go the full minute, even though apparently Peter Rafelson has told me that's not a thing, like this idea. As long as you're under a minute,
0: you're safe. Okay. but I still. think it's great. <laughs> I love that we invented our own rules for that, so it's great. <laughs> All right, here we go. Lost in Space by Amy Mann.
2: Isn't it enough, you know, she's talking to herself. Isn't it enough, like Major Reno on the bluff, wondering aloud if help is on the way. And I've sung that lyric for many years now, never really knowing what major, I looked it up today. You know who Major Reno was? He was the guy at Custer's last stand, who was, didn't go down and help Custer like fighting three miles away, because he felt that he was the one under attack, and Custer was <laughs> waiting for reinforcements, and Major Reno's just waiting, like, no, no, help's gonna
0: come. <laughs> That's a great That's lyric. Great. That great is lyric. a great lyric.
1: <laughs> all right, what are your thoughts? I quite like Amy Mann. I will note that my brother Jake Barton is a gargantuan, massive, huge Amy Mann fan. Let's He's go, got Jake all of Barton. His records and loves Amy Mann. So I got some spillover Amy Man love from him for sure. I looked it up. It's not the producer on this record. He's the producer on the first couple Amy Man records. John uh-huh. Bryan. Yeah, John Bryan. Turn because he's the producer who worked with Kanye West on late registration and did all of the string arrangements on Late Interesting. Registration. Interesting. John yeah, Bryan's
0: t- also the guy who's been hosting the show at Largo every Friday night for the last 30 years that launched a lot of great careers. So he's a, and he made he did some amazing soundtrack work and yeah, John the Bryan, Magnolia,
1: the Magnolia yeah, soundtrack with Amy Mann.
0: Yeah, John Bryan's got fantastic ears. That guy's a. If you, yeah, if you start looking at the backs of records of the last thirty years, his name's on a lot. See his name a lot. Yeah, cool. That's a good choice. I wish Amy Mann played slightly more up tempo. I mean, all her songs are in that thud ba dum dum ba. I just wish. Anytime she cranks the BPM up enough where I can feel like I'm dancing, yeah, I, I like that. it so much more. Yeah. And when she does do that, like Labrador, that song that came out a couple years ago, I love that song. I'm listening to that song a hundred times in three days. Like, that song was so great and it was just a little bit faster that would be my only my only wish well it is
2: interesting you can make a a really um strong argument that this is playing in the background of your starbucks or that this is playing in the background no
0: way too way too like all that wonderful glockenspiel and the panning and there's so much more going on in the background arrangement like this, this would this would pull your attention away from your macchiato. It's and also, just... like
1: one of the things that's really different, did you hear how it got quieter and louder and yes. Yeah. One of the things that's true about Nora Jones is it's just a complete flat line all the way through it. Like, it's because, so it literally, like the reason you need, you have to be able to play it at volume six. Like, the corporation is like, you play this music at this volume and they've tested it. And it's so, yeah. that like, you can have a conversation over it. If you're sitting there by yourself, you hear music. Um, so this would not work for that like it's not e- engineered to be heard
2: wow they, they determine
1: which albums to play because dude, well the here's ball. the super funny thing about it is believe me they're not the only ones chipotle plays music i really like when i walk into chipotle i'm like hey now <laughs> well, it, dude this is how I'm bad like, it, oh, it is know. at chipotle i came in and they were playing a, a, a weird clash song and uh, I got it to the register and I was like, "How about that Clash song?" And believe me, the 19-year-old underground with a nose ring was like, "Why? Why is this happening to me? Yeah, Can't you I just buy it. your burrito bowl and go away? Like, you have to talk to me about this, sir?"
0: You know, uh, this record in '81 was a pretty big deal. Uh, oh,
1: that's uh, so that great! A disaster. I, uh, I have yeah. a plug but anyhow, So I mean, so well, when I go to Starbucks, I don't like the music. But there are pl- there are corporate yeah. places where they I'm like, okay, now hitting it.
2: Yeah, one of my students, I had to take her uh, downtown and the radio station was playing Mitski. And she's like, there's a radio station that plays Mitski? And I'm like, ah, hang around with me. You'll know the radio stations around Asheville.
0: <laughs> I'm a big radio <laughs>
2: station guy. Awesome. Uh, oh, and by the way, I went to my first concert in, yes. in years. Brett, Brett Denon came to Asheville. And I uh, took my vaccination card and my mask, and I went to a concert. By golly! At, and did you and have
0: a good old time? Had
2: a good old time. Uh, he played all the hits, couple uh, couple songs I like that aren't hits. Nice. Uh, two covers, which I believe Jeff Simon's is the limit, right? You could play two covers and oh, get well, a- You can do whatever you want, but yeah, two is a good number
0: for he, for a headliner
2: with his band. He went with uh, You're So Bad by Tom Petty. Interesting. And then by himself, uh, kind of in the encore, just uh, Brett Denon and his guitar. He went with Corduroy by Pearl Jam. Ah, oh, It was lovely, yeah. lovely. I, that's, I love that song. Oh, it's such a great song. Live music, coming back. Yeah. Speaking of which, Jeff Simons, any gigs?
0: do sunday march 13th at the ivy room in beautiful uh albany california i'll be on the bill with north by north which is a kind of a kick-ass duo from chicago illinois so what time is this uh sunday the 13th i believe it's a matinee show so i think i'm on it like from like seven to eight something like that all right I love that you're taking notes. I'm ben Barton. You're adorable. Looking
1: into it. I'm gonna look at flights. Oh, dude. no, I'm gonna be, no, no. I'm no. gonna be in Copenhagen. I'm visiting no. Dolly in Copenhagen. So that's this right. is not a flight well, show.
0: I'm, I'm one of four people on the bill. Like well, it'll, never be over, mind.
2: it'll be I, over I, before I'm you know Copenhagen it. Copenhagen now. Never mind. I'm not, not <laughs> Cop- <laughs>
0: Cop- Copenhagen.
2: <laughs> All right, gentlemen, well done.
0: Electric app.